Second to last episode before our season finale, I guess. Or the second, this is the episode before our season finale. Mm, season finale. Um, this has been a nice season, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I, I had to pull Doc into the screaming and kicking and screaming a yes. couple times, but it was his idea to do the podcast, so he don't have no excuse. Oh, no. Sometimes um, he should shut up. <laughs> I'm learning that. Um, I think this was nice. I think there was a lot of learning, mm-hmm. a lot of growth, a lot of growth. And next season's gonna be a little bit better. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was uh, yeah, kicking and screaming. Oh my goodness, man! This it's been an experience. I enjoyed it, and now we have uh, a very very special episode. So this, um, as you heard in most of the commercials, this this whole podcast was brought to you by. Independent Dream Factory. More importantly, this was the executive producer that's going to be appearing on this as a guest speaker for today, Mr. Don B. So our executive producer, he has been a tremendous help in helping us bring this about, um, helping us be like he's a major curator, like major, major, major curator, genius curator. And so thank you so much for helping us bring this to life. Um, we really do appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed us as much as we enjoyed you. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we want to we wanna get your thoughts today. So introduce yourself to the people. Yeah. Oh, that was the introduction. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Is my mic on? Test, test. Yeah, I'm good. Um, hello, everybody. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing good. Um, I'm happy to be here. I guess I should introduce myself. I feel like it's so weird. I haven't recorded in so long. <laughs> um, but it's me. My name is Don B. I am executive producer of Love and Lecture. Um, it's been an honor to produce that. Um, here at the Independent Dream Factory, I'm one third of the team. And yeah, that's kind of my little spiel. I'm not going to do a whole thing. But I'm the guest today. This is y'all's platform. <laughs> I'm just happy to be in the building. Right. So, t- so tell us, Don, like, where do you come from? Like, Where you grew up at? Uh, been around the world and I, yeah, yeah. Um, still can't find my baby, but still the podcast. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and I grew up in a split time in Indiana and Texas equally. So my parents were kind of split in both places. So I mm-hmm. kind of like the back and forth thing, like every few years, Indiana, Texas, uh-huh. Indiana, Texas. So, um, I claim Texas depending on you know. What mood I'm in that day, right? Mm. And it, it sounds doper than saying "I'm from Indiana." So yeah, definitely, like, definitely. Even though Indiana's pretty, it's probably the college, and I have like equal memories on both sides. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. And somebody asked us to say Texas, so that sounds doper. <laughs> what part of Texas? 
uh, Big Spring, Texas, oh, to the West Texas. That's dope, man. Um, hopefully country that living. country accent wasn't offensive. <laughs> I'm from the area, so I wasn't appropriating. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, West Texas, very small town that's uh, actually on the come up right now. So shout out to them. But yeah, that's dope. So like, what kind of things you did in your childhood? Uh, music is a big thing. I mm. played violin for three or four years, um, keyboard for a couple of years, but I played sax for about, I mean, I still play sax, so I guess. What? Uh, insert years here. I'm going to keep on naming numbers because wow. we don't believe in oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just love music. Sang in church choir, sang in the choir at school, theater, jazz band, like anything that was like creative, I was like doing it. So. That was a big part of my childhood, and then went to school for music on a music scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for about a year, and then realized that don't really love it. It's mm-hmm. like it's, 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 I love it, but not in the capacity that I was doing. I was going to be a music teacher, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't want to teach music; it's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, shout out to music teachers. Facts. <laughs> I love all my music teachers I've had, but mm-hmm. I thought I don't have that. First of all, I don't, I don't like kids, so yeah. wow. I learned. I realized that like months into this, I was like, "What am I even doing here?" Um, and so, yeah, I switched to, I moved to Indiana in 2013, and I went to the Art Institute of Indianapolis, and I was a fashion major there, fashion retail management. Mm. And then, you know, graduated, and I've worked as a buyer, stylist, um, I've owned a couple of boutiques, things like that. Wow. And then I'm here with IDF now, getting back in touch with my musical roots, and podcasting just came along with that, just from talking and the association with the radio station, shout out to WXSJ973. Mm-hmm. Um, Love and Lecture will be on there starting next week. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, so that kind of just, it's like a long story, but right. that's kind of no, trail it was, nice, yeah, it was nice stuff. to know. It was nice. So, like, did yeah. you, like, was inquired? Did you start in the church doing music? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah, I think church is the first. I was like in second grade when I started singing mm-hmm. in the church choir. Like, you know, all young church You boys, mean, very the songs? Um, Hezekiah Walker had an album out. Um, 99. Remember that 99 and a half? Just won't do. <laughs> uh, Lord, I'm running. Remember that? For the whole 100. You never heard that song? Uh, 99 and a half? No. Oh, man. Well, it's sort of snippet over here because I can do that because I produce. Uh, but the song is Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100 because 99 and a half just won't do. As I'm saying familiar. that out loud, I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was the whole song. Lord, I'm running, trying to make 100 because 99 and a half won't do. I guess it was just like, I'm just trying to do the best that I can in every right. situation. Yeah, I guess, yeah. was reaching, but it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. If you if you mention that song, black people know it. Okay. We wore it out. But that's probably like the first song that I think I remember like learning. It's a fast little mm-hmm. you know, Mine's is like Diddy blessed Bob. in the city. We knew stuff like that. Fred Hammond? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. wore Fred Hammond out. We did we, <laughs> Blessed in the City. Uh when the uh what is it? Spirit of David, the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, comes upon my heart. What was that song called? Is that a spirit of? I don't know. The whole album we used to wear it out. Yeah. So love Fred Hammond, John Peaky, um, Kurt Franklin, of course. Every song he's ever made, we sang. Let's go. Like literally, um, yeah. Stone. That's dope. So how much like did did church oh play gosh. a part in like what you do now? Um, it's in a weird way. It's kind of everything because unfortunately, it's like it's like. 
school. It's ingrained in you so mm-hmm. many ways that mm-hmm. no matter how many ways I try to buck you to system, there's still things. I mean, there's blessed oil right there behind you. Like, <laughs> like my grandma still sends me oil and I still walk around and putting on a guy's faces and wiping mm-hmm. all around the walls up in here. Every time we have an event, then it, but I just, I have more of my own flair to it. So like yeah. we have events people leave here. Um, I, when I clean the whole place, I'll sage everything and then still take my oil and walk around them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just put it over everybody's office, mm-hmm. all the equipment, just because it's just a part of my belief. If y'all right. know, you know, blessed oil is, it's kind of like a, I don't know who all does that, but definitely a Southern black, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I would say Baptist nomination, uh, thing where you just, uh, it's like a totem. You yeah. Know, the oil is olive oil. Right. You pray over you it. Pray it's over blessed it. oil. You just mm-hmm. use it to anoint things. So you mix mixing, you mentioned mixing the oil and the sage because a lot of like southern baptists they don't believe in like the sage burning and mm-hmm. they're like have you heard of that oh yeah like because oh, i yeah. burn sage too but i grew up southern baptist and so it's like what how how did we come to that conflict or how did you was there ever a conflict mm. there was never a conflict it was like night and day kind of when i switched over to it the conflict was more like how much i chose to share with my family on what my choices were because not that I felt shame by it. I just don't want to have this conversation with you mm-hmm. because in a very selfish way, I really don't care. Like when I, I've always gone to my own, be my own drama. I've never done things for the sake of like, oh, what are people going to think? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. more so, do I really have the capacity to have this fight with some? Is it worth me getting into it with this person over right. or discussing it? I'll just go do it and do it on my own. Right. So like, I don't believe in you have to share everything with everybody. Yeah. Um, and in a way that kind of protected me so I could figure out my own route and things too because I, I dabbled and dabbled all kinds of stuff i watched every documentary on different religions i watched a very good documentary on voodoo one time um on amazon prime it's called mm-hmm. voodoo something and it basically talks about like what voodoo is and how mm-hmm. it's been you know flipped around and demonized over the years and all this stuff and yeah i just the more and more i dug in the more i realized everything is like pieced off of something yeah that just really just fascinated me so right i was excited i dove right in i was like oh yeah i'm gonna sage this and then have my oil here and then i'm gonna do sigil magic yeah. and then i'm gonna you know, let my crystals charge outside of the moon at night like I'll, every single thing i came across mm-hmm. i was just doing it until i found my own way to make me feel good yeah right. and, and that's yeah. funny because i feel like i we had very similar experiences but i grew up catholic so it was like my grandparents were like anti-sage they didn't like yoga because it would clear your mind and leave room for the devil. Like, you know, they were just very, mm. let's be strict Catholics. But my mom was raised by my great grandmother. So she had sage in the house and she, you know, didn't have the picture of white Jesus above her door. So it kind of left just a little bit of room for me to explore that part. When I did finally find out about sage and crystals and things like I had room for that. I had seen that before, mm-hmm. and, but I still did not tell them. <laughs> like yeah. my grandparents do not know my mother, like, no, she sees it, but she probably don't know like the extent to which I have those things. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's healthy. Like, I don't, think we got to share not everybody got to share spirituality with their whole family like in the same way everybody has their own method of practice everybody at at some point it's just worth not having the discussion because of the conflict that might come with it right well i definitely think that and it's funny that you guys mentioned because it's like 
both of these people, like, like they knew she, she knew she knew what sage was, but mm-hmm. probably didn't know the extent of what it was used for. Mm-hmm. And the same as like my grandmother had gave me sage, but she did not know that she didn't view it as a spiritual thing to them. It was like a lot of, oh, this is a normal relic I see. Right. You know, like they had dream catchers in my family's house. To them, it, it's not like they have separated it in their brain and it's just like a relic. It's not a spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but they say you put it up, it catches bad dreams, but they have sort of like separated it outside of a church thing, where as opposed mm-hmm. to I think that like we dug, dove in and found out like, wait, all of these things are connected. You know, right. burning sage sets an atmosphere just like they talked about like burning incense in the Bible mm-hmm. to, for at the altar. You know, yep. we create altars. And so I think that, like, it's interesting that no matter where you look in the world, you find that, like, everybody's practices is very similar. Yeah. And we all seeking to reach, like, a higher self. Mm-hmm. All of us, and I, I just feel like as, okay, so Jack and I take this with a great, take this information with a grain of salt. We're not trying to preach nobody, but it's one theory of um, diaspora, right? They say that the first people to sell slaves in Africa were black. Okay, let's assume that's true. If you are living in Ghana and Europeans come up to you and ask to purchase people and have all this other stuff, you're not going to take Drosherwell down the street. You're going to take these traveling group of Negroes over here who you don't know that well. You pass them over to the Europeans. The Europeans bring them over. Now we are considered to be African-American. These same people got delivered in the Caribbean and in the Americas. We all have some common sense of spirituality, some common sense of who we were that has gotten diluted but never erased up along this whole sense of diaspora. So when I see other people, when I see people like with the internalized like white version of Christianity, it's sometimes painful. Like, why do you hate this stuff so much? I don't get it. Me, I don't get it because even if I don't, believe in it i don't practice it i don't know where the hate for it comes from you know what i mean mm-hmm. i agree i almost didn't respond because i'm used to listening to y'all talk oh, yeah. i was like oh i can't say anything um no i 100 percent agree it's like i felt when i discovered all that stuff yeah there was some like because i was taught everything's a spirit everything's demonic if it ain't jesus it ain't it ain't mm-hmm. this is not in the bible then whatever like, I have mm-hmm. family members, I'm going to call them out because I don't want to make anybody feel bad, but have even said that they only believe in dinosaurs. There's no dinosaurs in the Bible, so what does that even, is that, mm-hmm. that never mm-hmm. happened? It's whatever. Evolution is a lie. All these things, and it's just like, two things can be true at the same time, first of all, That's but so it's another conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so initially, there was a, I said there was no resistance earlier. There was a little bit, obviously, residual, like, fear in my brain at, mm-hmm. at first. But, I mean, it was like that. And then I felt, like, so free. I thought it was so cool. I was like, well, I can just really figure this out. And then it felt just so much more right. Right. Mm -hmm. I felt like church, I always felt so anxious. I always felt like I was always trying to look like I was making sure I was looking like I'm taking everything in. Also making sure I'm I'm not looking guilty when the pastor's talking about something, a hot button issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I better be paying attention. I'm really into it, but don't be looking mm-hmm. too into it. Everybody's think he's talking about you. You know what I mean? Like, going up to the altar when it seems appropriate. Like, everything was just like an act, it felt like, for me. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, and the only thing I really connected with was this praise and worship, the music. Mm-hmm. The music, mm-hmm. I, was, I was one of the ones that fall out 
crying like I was all the time getting picked up <laughs> off the ground because I don't fell out <laughs> third time in the week because I the music would take me over yeah. like mm-hmm. at the time and that that Holy Spirit that's a real no feeling. absolutely mm-hmm. but I'm getting a little bit off topic but we can talk later too about this but that feeling I feel like can be conjured up anywhere right yeah, absolutely absolutely and when I realized that that's when I was just like oh. Okay, that that was the beginning of the end. <laughs> that was right. the beginning of the separation right. of things. But yeah, yeah. now I'm, I'm rambling, but go ahead. The, no, no, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I think that one, the Holy Spirit definitely can be conjured up anywhere. I think that anytime you are in like alignment and there's a certain peace throughout mm-hmm. your spirit, that's when that it allows to come through and overcome you, you know? Like, and we very, not very often feel that peace. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people go to church to feel that peace. But at the same time, I feel like the churches have done people a great disservice because they just make them sort of like emotional roller coasters yeah. where you pick mm-hmm. me up, you lift me up, and then you drop me back down. But by the if I leave at 1 o'clock, by 3 o'clock, all my problems are still the same. Right. You know? And so it's like, okay, I got to come back again tomorrow, next week at 11, mm-hmm. you know, and go back through that roller coaster feeling like everything's going to be okay. But by 3 o'clock, once again, my problems are still the same. Because right. they never gave me no direct solutions. And they were very selective in the types of scriptures that they give. You know, they never really like one one thing. This is what changed my life. This is where my my spirituality changed. Getting locked up and getting getting out. Grandmother bailed me out. And so I'm like, I'm going through like a court phase. I'm terrified for my life because jail, it, it's hell. Mm-hmm. And I literally realized that slavery didn't go nowhere and hell is on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I did not want to go back. I'm terrified for my life. I couldn't get a job nowhere. I couldn't work nowhere because there was like still felonies on my record. Quick disclaimer, though, if you check it now, I'm all good. Um, but yeah, so I in a search for like, OK, I need forgiveness. I need I need repentance. Right. You reach for that Bible. I read through that whole thing. And to this day, that's why I can like speak. Like I can quote scripture and spew out scripture. And one thing I learned when I read through it is that one, it's a beautiful story, but the people who are teaching it to us a lot of times, they have never really read it themselves. They're just teaching what they've been taught. Mm -hmm. And that person is teaching what they've been taught. And so we kind of got like this telephone game with religion and spirituality. And so you have these people who are coming. And that's why no matter where you go in America to any black church, we got the same stories, the same music. Mm -hmm. This band may be a little bit better than that band. They got that really good singer over here. Oh, this, this preacher knows how to, you know, teach the word a little bit different. This one gets you hyped. But at the same time, what I feel like happened was we fell into like this pitfall and everybody was giving you the same. It was like McDonald's, bro. Mm -hmm. Like everywhere I go, it's a burger and a fry, you know? And it's like when we, I think one thing that changed with the millennial generation and the generation after us is that like our grandparents, we had such close relationships with our grandparents. So we had that sort of understanding of spirituality but we kind of said, here, you take religion. I'll take spirituality because I seen you work that, Grandma. I seen how the prayer and how you made the rain come. And, you know, I see that those prayers was real. I felt the spirit, you know. So I do know that there was power in that. But at the same time, I do know that there is a contradiction 
with church that makes you feel disempowered sometimes. Yeah, that median ain't no good, Grandma. You got the power. Right. I it, it trips me out to hear y'all talk about black church sometimes because it just makes me realize how inaccessible Catholicism is to people of color. I, I and I don't know how to explain it other than to say like I was not like a welcome participant in things like choir. And I tr- I think I tried out and they were like, no, like the music teacher didn't like me. And she was the same one that did the choir service at the church. So it wasn't going to be good. I tried to be like an altar person that I don't know what happened, but it didn't work out. Um, I tried to be like the collection plate person. I tried to join the youth group at every step of the way. There was so much conflict and not like, outward like we don't like you it was more so like giving me impossible tasks or making me like jump through hoops right or one time I remember in youth group distinctly they were having a conversation about um uh pro-life versus not pro uh versus pro-choice um and I just as a child had compassion so I was like I think that a choice should be an option for people who need it, people who like were raped or people who were um, who have like medical conditions that don't allow them to have a baby, you know, like in those cases, like, shouldn't it be okay? It turned into like a whole interrogation where all these white folks in this group were like asking me questions about my beliefs. And it, it was just so uncomfortable because I was like 12. But <laughs> but like, this is like uh it was just common practice in the parish that i was in in the catholic church that i was in so this like i don't know closeness to church just never manifested it like i never could feel close even i remember one year they had like a visiting church um priest from africa um he was a black dude from africa from ghana um who was visiting our church he'd come from that church and was sent here um after one of our pastors passed away and i was like oh my goodness like a black dude like maybe i should talk to him and he was just so like stoic like he it strikes me as like jaded almost like um very like oh things will work themselves out my child <laughs> like not there very like <laughs> like very just standoffish and i just wonder if that was because he's black in this like catholic church too you know it was just there was no closeness there for me so when i did ultimately turn to like spirituality and alternative methods it was like ain't nobody checking for me <laughs> i'm just yeah. running this direction you know <laughs> that's so interesting um yeah, I have a little bit of backstory with um, Catholicism. Well, experience, I guess I would say, just because, well, the first experience was I went to St. Andrews in third grade and got kicked out after six months. So not a great experience, um, but it was a Catholic school. But my uncle, um, my Uncle Tim, he's a judge uh, back in municipal, uh, uh, back in Big Spring. And he married uh, his wife, Kathleen. Yeah, she's Mexican, so our family is um, Catholic. And so they were married for like my whole life, but like he converted to Catholicism when I was like 15, like, well, maybe I was like 13. So, but they had been together for 10 years at that point, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he converted to that and his family, uh, my dad, grandmother, all of them grew up church of Christ. So there, that's hard core, mm-hmm. like 
most Christians believe that only Christians are going to heaven, and if you do not Church of Christ people only believe Church of Christ people right. are going. There we they, go. they don't believe in instruments. No. Like, they don't believe nothing. It's like, you show up here, it is that slave singing, mm-hmm. and just standing there, and you, you open your, there's no commenting back, right. nothing said back, the preacher mm-hmm. says this thing, there's no shouting and running around, mm-hmm. you get the word, you amen, and you say some oohs and ahs, and you get out of there. Mm-hmm. You, you, ain't, you ain't falling out, it's not about you, get no. up. Right. Like, yeah. So, oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, they are very strict, hardcore. Mm-hmm. And so him leaving and going into Catholicism, first of all, I find that very interesting, because it's just, just so opposite. Uh-huh. Um, but it was drama <laughs> in the family. Like, it created a big divide. It was yeah. a huge deal. Um, but why isn't it all about Jesus? Isn't it? We'll get there. Uh. <laughs> I appreciated that time because I was close to my uncle at the time. So we, mm-hmm. he has kids my age. So we were all school together. So I was spend weekends over there at their house because we were teenagers, we were teenage cousins. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to church with them on Sundays, but I spent the weekend with them. And I love going to the mass. I was. It was. I think it was that disconnect that was there mm-hmm. that you were just talking about. I felt it, and I really appreciated that. Because at the black church, you're in it. Everybody knows your business. You're roped in. Yeah. It's like required to do something. When you right. join the church, it's not like we, very few people will just come and leave. Yeah. Like if you're there long enough, it's like, oh, you're going to be doing the, the announcements next uh-huh. week. You're on this ministry. You're on that ministry. Even if you're cleaning up the place, you're the, mm-hmm. on the cleaning ministry. Cleaning ministry. Right. Everybody's on something. You have a job. I was blessed you gotta with earn, the broom. Mm-hmm. You got to earn your keep around here and most of I grew up. Mm-hmm. But with the Catholic church, I was like, oh, so y'all can just. They come. come and go as you yeah. please. Right. You can go on Saturday if you want and skip Sunday. Yeah. And then when you get here, nobody's down your throat about what's going on because you're going to go to church and on top of, especially when you start getting older, mm-hmm. the black church, you're going to go there, they're going to get pulled to the side right. and drilled about something somebody on her mm-hmm. or whatever. Like all your business is up for grabs mm-hmm. in the churches I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so here I was just, I really appreciated that. Just like, I was like, so. Y'all just don't commit to nothing around this No, <laughs> No, you walk in, and if the priest takes longer than 45 minutes to wrap it up, you write complaints. And people are getting up and walking out. Yeah. I've seen people go outside, hit a cigarette, and come back in. I was like, so this is just some loose Crazy. Yep. But, and I'm, I'm being funny, and I don't want to be distracted. I have a lot of <laughs> fans that are, and family that are Catholic. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy, like, the pomp and circumstance of it all. Like, the, the official... Just first of all, the fashions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Come on, with these robes and yeah. all this. I, mean, I love shit like that. Yeah. The whole swinging thing with the mist. Yeah. And all that. I the love incense. the dramatics of it yeah. all. Walking down the getting holy water thrown in your yep. eye. We walking by. I yep. was just like, I'm with all this. I thought I, I liked it. Besides the kneeling, that's yeah. a lot. But the music was beautiful. I sang in a Catholic choir for a year. My best friend's church. Mm-hmm. Um, I was singing at my church. Our churches were down the street from each other. And so I would, and his started after mine. So I would go there and visit, and then he's my friend. So we just hang out and I listen to their choir rehearsals. I loved it. And then like they were like, "Oh, get up here!" And it was like, "Okay." And mm-hmm. I still have that sheet music to this day. I I used to get up there and sing with them on Sunday. I would leave my church, run over there and sing with them. And they had like a little guitar and the an organ. Like Sister Act too. Yeah, it was very that. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was giving that. I don't know. I thought I was giving Lauren Hill, but I might have been giving. What was the white one's name? The uh, the rapper. I don't know. I was probably giving that. Yes. But yeah, so I loved parts of it. Right. But yeah, I was always very befuddled by like 
Where's mm-hmm. the accountability up in here? No. Like, you know, it doesn't exist. No, and I think that that, but that's why they do the confession boxes. And I think that now yeah. that was a little wild. Too. No, the yeah. confession no boxes is too much. It, no it was disrespect. a joke. It was a, it was in my classes. It was a joke because all the boys would be like get together before confession and be like what's the worst thing we could possibly tell him? Like, what? let's figure out the worst thing we could possibly right. tell him. Like, we got to make him get out the box or something. Yeah, it was just a lot. And it became a joke. It became like, yeah. How, um, they were like, uh, what's it called? You have to like list out how many times you've sinned. So I can't just go in there and say like, oh, I've been jealous. I have to say I've been jealous like 85 times since my last confession. Yeah. So they'll be like, how many times have you done this? Okay, your number's 44, mine is 45. I'm about to go in there and be like 45. You know, it was just a joke. It was all very like, it was all just very like whatever at that point. But, and while I do, I appreciate and respect repentance. I think that that's like extreme and dark. It is. Like, it makes oh, you feel yes, like you is. can never be like well, a at, decent at first, being. Historically, you had to pay to be clean. Like that whole practice came from it wasn't like paying your tithes during church. It was like, okay, I walk into confession. Um, I confess my sins. And then as a repentance, I have to pay $100 to the church. I paid it, and now my sins are wiped clean. The The Pope said, no, 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 we can't be doing that. And then it turned into what it is now. But that's where it comes from. I agree. It is very dark. Um, the Catholic Church in general is very dark. I hate to say it like that. But no, but it's true. And there's a lot of stuff in there that's almost like, eyebrow raised mm-hmm. but i think that the black church is also very dark oh yeah um and our version of confession while we black people we can look at that and snicker and be like y'all are crazy mm-hmm. i would argue that we have a version of confession that is more harmful um altar call mm. if you mm. did something that was unfavorable if you're pregnant if you had a scandal, somebody found out you were cheating on this, if you got disgraced in any kind of way, if mm-hmm. you came out, if you got yeah. found out, all anything that was happening, when altar call comes, there is this pressure to perform. Yes. The pastor knows your business, and he's not targeting you, but he needs people to get up here mm-hmm. so that the more people that come to altar call, altar call legitimizes his message even more. Right. Uh-huh. So if people are coming up, he'll start coming down your row in very passive aggressive ways. Mm-hmm. The Lord is telling me this. I've had heard pastors call people out by name uh-huh. and be like, you know, the Lord is calling you Genesis. Mm. Get up here. Da, 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 da. And everybody, and it's it's said out of love and mm-hmm. everybody in there is support you, but it's like, no, this is pressure. Now right. I got to go up here and do the whole thing. Yeah. If right. I don't, I got a spirit on me or something that's wrong yeah. or I'm not repentant or whatever. If I don't fall out, if I don't. And I think that is a lot more harmful than sitting in the box with, in the dark with some man you can't see and being like, look, this is what I did. Da, da, da. But I really <laughs> think about it, being forced on Front Street like that is yeah. dangerous. No, that is. That is. And that, and that is where I feel like we have a lot of discommunication. And that's why there's a lot of tear in black churches. Like, that's why we got one on every block in our neighborhoods mm-hmm. and nobody goes to each other's churches and they become like little gangs in a sense. Mm-hmm. Little cults. Yeah. 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 But it's all supposed to be about Jesus, right? Let's go back to that question because I think it was interesting. Oh, real quick. Can I clarify one thing? Real yeah, fast? go ahead. Uh, I'll have to call for people that aren't from black churches at the oh, end yeah. of service. Um, the kind of forced, like, emotive moment so mm-hmm. and not always for us there's been times where i have gone to that altar crawled up to the altar in tears mm-hmm. and i was going through it but the at the you end it's like will release. they come 
the pastor's um, yeah, and I just go up there and cry. You just get mm-hmm. all it's a release is all it really is. But the pastor calls, you know, people to come up and if uh, they need prayer for anything, if they're going through anything, if something in the summer summer like uh, reverberated with them, they'll come up and get prayer and whatnot, and then people just kind of support from the audience. Mm-hmm. And then there's always like a dramatic, you know, just somebody walking up there, you know, some crackhead, mm-hmm. a roundaway girl, and everybody's just like that Tyler Perry moment where yeah. people are just laughing. Yeah. And yeah. that has that happens once, you know, once mm-hmm. a month. And yeah, it's the release of that is real, just like the music, but a lot of it is very performative and very um, right. what's the word I was looking for? Uh not misled, but um manipulated. Yes. yes. Okay. Sorry. Now you're gonna say your point about No, this. you're good, you're good. Um so like I said, I went to Catholic school. And yes, they take us into the church every two weeks or so to practice like how we're supposed to kneel and sit and and get up and all this other stuff but also we had like these little um religion classes so at first i used to take religion class really seriously because everybody was like no like you can't blaspheme like you need to be you basically like they make you fearful of hell like you know you will go to hell if you don't do x y and z so you like at first I was really into religion classes. I would read ahead in my textbook because you're not learning from the Bible. You're learning from textbooks. That's another problem I have, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, I would read ahead in my little textbook. I would read the passages in the Bible to make sure I was, you know, absorbing the material correctly because I was like a little teacher's pet and I did the whole thing. Right. But every religion class I had to ask, hey, Miss So-and-so, why is A... And B, not adding up to C. Like, why are we doing this and the Bible says this? Or why does the Bible say this when we do X? Like, I always had those questions. And I got told so many times, and this was, I probably came to my pinnacle of revelation like fifth grade. So this is from grades K through four. Uh, By fourth grade, I had known like Jesus is always the answer. No matter what I ask, they're going to respond to me with something about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So in the fifth grade, um, I got 100 on my religion test and nobody else like had a passing grade or got 100. And they were like, Genesis, Genesis, how you do it? And I was just like, Jesus is always the answer. Like if you put down Jesus for every line, like they'll give you 100. The next (laughs) test everybody who was my friends like we all did that like jesus is always the answer like jesus jesus and in an exaggerated way and we all got at least like a 90 (laughs) like it was like for real it was for real like we were just getting by on that and then this is the reason (laughs) right (laughs) mind you None of us could tell you like anything about Jesus himself because we weren't learning about Jesus and his life and his ministry. We were learning about the textbook and what the textbook answers were. And Jesus was always the answer. Well, I even went through like a phase where, you know, like after doing the Bible, then going into Islam for a little bit, coming out from my Malcolm X phase. And it was like, I like sort of like, okay, thought Jesus was fake at first. Then, you know, you find out, like, you go through the whole Jesus is Black thing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, so there was a whole lot of, like, my, like my journey with the 12 the, steps to wokeness. Yeah, <laughs> to, like, understanding, like, the concept of Christ, you know? And, like, even now, it's like, I try my, I socialize and love everyone. But even, I know, like, hardcore Christian people, I that 
can be closed off. The closed mm-hmm. off ones. Not the ones that's like, you know, I believe in God, love doing good for people. I'm talking about like those closed off, like those boxed in ones that, yeah, try to stay yeah. away from. I feel that. I like to say that I believe in everything. Mm-hmm. I believe in everything and nothing to an extent. Uh, in the sense of not atheist, but just like I believe in what you believe in. Right. You're Buddhist. I believe in that. Mm-hmm. That is, a, I believe that exists. I believe this. Because and, and that whole, um, what really got me into that was learning like he's a jealous God. Um, and so don't have any idols. Mm-hmm. Don't, 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 yeah. I used to get that all the time because I love music. So I was allowed, I would have posters up in my room. My grandma was constantly taking my posters off my wall, talking about some making idols of these people, mm-hmm. putting these people over your bed while you sleep. And da, da, da. But I, you know, I was an obsessed with like, you know, celebrities and yeah. like musicians and whatever. And that was always what I heard. It was like, that's that secular music is devil because he will make those people their God. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to that when you listen to gospel music, you're making that your God. And da, 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 da. And so um, but, I was, so that kind of clicked over. I was like, oh, so then that means there are other gods, mm-hmm. then, right? But first, there's only one and only. And right. Then, then he's, I, Nobody would ever say, if I said, oh, so there's other gods? No, there's not. He's the only one. Right. Okay. Well, then what, if he's a jealous God, what does yes. that mean? Who's he jealous of then? Exactly. If he's the only one. And I, that was, that it was kind of like that, that the Noah's Ark thing. Mm-hmm. Like I've always, like you, I always had, I have a question. Right. And it was genuine. It was never, I just can't hold my peace. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure I've noticed that lately. I, 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 if I have something to say, I'm just going to be like, he's the only one. I just need to know what this means. So I've always held on to that. And then I got older and I was just like, no, I believe there are other gods. People mm-hmm. have their religions. And I don't believe that anybody should be wrong for what they are. Right. And I believe that you are going to go to whatever version of your heaven that is. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, we all came here different. I think there's a supreme being, mm-hmm. but there are several other deities and several other things yeah. you can rock with. And I just, I don't know. That might sound too loose for some people, but. Mm-hmm. No, no, I believe in that. I mean, I've studied, I did a Buddhism period in my life too. And once again, I find all of these things talk about the same thing. They all talk about reaching the highest version of self that you mm-hmm. can reach. And knowing that when you reach that higher consciousness of self, you know you're there because your physical body no longer means or matters as much mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. You've, you've allowed your spirit to completely take over. Like, that's what the Buddha was about. That's what Christ was about. Like, you know, all of these people, that's what they talked about. They talked about practicing good things to bring yourself to a higher level. To me, that that was when I officially broke ties with my church life because even after I left the church building i felt guilty about practicing other things about believing mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. i felt like being like right maybe i should come back like am i going to hell all this other stuff until it was like uh when you actually read what these people had to say they were talking about living a good life being more important than who you're worshiping, making statues of, putting on your money, uh, selling trade, paying taxes to. None of these people mattered mm-hmm. as much as the good life that you were supposed to live. Exactly. And I think all religions, basically every religion in the world is just somebody feeling like they got it all figured out. So mm-hmm. This is what we should do. These it's are all the ego-based. It's power-based. Right. This is the way you should do this. This is the way you should do that. This is the way you should pray. This is the way you should eat. This is the way you should talk to God. Like, you know, this is what you should identify it as. Like, all of these different things. 
because even the lowest person in the church feels about the people that aren't in church. Like, exactly. You, you look down on like the sinners and people that aren't right. saved. Because at least stuff. I go, at least I walk in the building on Sunday. Exactly. And yeah, I think honestly, and this can be controversial, but that's just my beliefs. I think I don't believe really any of the hocus pocus of the Jesus story Mm-mm. of the walking on the water and the feeding 12 people, all these different things. I think those are all just dramatic, dramatized metaphor things that he happened. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a hippie. A beautiful hippie. Mm-hmm. Man, that's why he's that's why he was so striking because they talk about the way he looked in the thing. He like I'm I'm like reading like, you know, the hair hair you know, yeah, hair, hair like wool like mm-hmm. hair like wool and like brass and skin and all this stuff. I was like, he was probably a beautiful man. Right. Yeah. And had like the, the best attitude and hung with everybody, the prostitutes, the, the rich people, the poor people, and was just treated everybody the same. Yeah. And that was probably unheard of for the time. Mm-hmm. Just like you have like uh you know the Gandhis and other priests of the world. If if you know they have problematic issues, but I think he was just a person right. that connect struck a, a lot of people, mm-hmm. and his people took that and ran with it. I believe you know the crucifixion, all that stuff. I'm sure that stuff happened. I believe that right. happened yeah. because he was probably doing his own thing. Right. I think he was New Age. I think yeah. the New Age stuff that we're doing. I think that was what he was on. And basically, yeah. they thought he was a witch. Exactly, yeah, and yeah, that's what it was. Now it's twisted to this whole thing of like he said he was the son of God and that was blasphemous. And blah, blah, blah. if you really read that the whole story none of it makes sense no. yeah. about jesus and why people turned on him and made him this thing it makes more sense that he was doing his own thing right thought he was a witch or whatever and evil and mm-hmm. that's the third and that was that but that story has well, been crafted yeah. to fit whatever narrative you want you to believe so i, right. I mean that makes way more chill yeah than what we're making it out to be and if you even it's crazy you mentioned that because if you even read the bible nowhere in the bible does jesus say he's the son of god no. you can't find it in there he says he's the son of man and the reason why we call him the son of God is because he said, Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter was like, you are the Christ, the son of God. So that's where we took that rhetoric and ran with it. Yep. You know, so his boys was like, nah, man, homie was the truth. Like, you know, yeah. and we all have those friends who would, God forbid, they took us off this earth. That's going to be like, nah, man, he was the one. Like, you know, people yeah. feel like that about Nipsey Hussle, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And yeah, there's people that I have met in my life, and you're not gonna convince me that I'm like that wasn't a real person. That person was an angel. Mm-hmm. They they only exist in that moment for that thing. If I bring them up now, another family exists. I promise you that that person was mm-hmm. sent, and they are just not of this place. I know that 100. I've met these people like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and I try to really mold my life in a way of a non-judgment way. That's really my thing. Is that I don't I really let go of the whole trying to like be perfect and right. walk that yeah. line of the second, third. Mine is more non-judgment is like my religious practice it's like mm-hmm. i'll sit and hang with anybody like not just anybody but like it's tell me whatever's going on i want to connect to the person it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you have right. i got friends with millions and billions of dollars i got friends with nothing right like, i smoke the trap houses i smoke the mansions mm-hmm. like i have i try to just govern myself in a way that people feel like i'm a safe place for them to be around mm-hmm. exactly. and that's what i feel like this was i feel like he was mm-hmm. a safe place for a lot of people mm-hmm. and he, they were so he was connected to a lot right and he was very strong and opinionated in his beliefs that yeah. we kind that we like gently brush over and we don't put in those religion textbooks that we give to the kids jesus was actively anti-capitalist yep. he was actively anti-patriarchy he only assembled these guys to have people to travel with him and when he ultimately passed and came back after three days all that he never told you 
go out and build buildings to be churches and lead them and congregations Mm. and people. No, he said, go out and preach my message. Tell people what I told you. That was the extent. Right. Right. Get everybody to do what I do in the same way that other people are like, yo, if everybody was socialist, we could uprise and we could have a revolution and we could do same exact concept. He wanted y'all to go out and spread that message. And the first chance they got, whoever wrote the Bible, they taught me this in Catholic school. I should know. Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, whichever one of those niggas did it, they sold Here it. The niggas. They sold it. They were all. They were all, all of them were niggas. Know, all of them were <laughs> niggas. Were niggas. <laughs> um, yeah. Somebody sold it, and it became. The disciples the... were basically like the same lunatics. Right. They were like a posse. Yeah. Like, right. They weren't these men walking around in robes, you know, judging no. everybody. No, it was like when Biggie died and Diddy took on his legacy. Same general concept. And and bastardized it. Exactly. And and now we have the Catholic Church. She she didn't come to preach today, yo. Wow. She's actually going to black church, but that was a black church moment right there. That was real. That was a good analogy. (laughs) It was very bad. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, But anyway, yeah, like they, they made it into what is the Catholic Church today. So I just think it's really important to have your own sense of self before you give into anything like a frat a religion any of these group like any of these posses as they exist in our current world mm-hmm. identity and sense of self and you know truth and honesty is much more important to me praise them <laughs> What's up? So I'm here to talk to you about one of the biggest things that has helped a mama what they elevate, which is having a designated spot just for recording. The Independent Dream Factory, located inside Studio Max in Orlando, Florida, offers affordable rates for studio space and equipment if you need it. So whether you're a local podcaster or you're just passing through and need a spot to record, the Independent Dream Factory should be at the top of your list. To get your first session free, yeah, you heard that? Free. After you join the network, use his promo code AMWIDF. For more information, check out their website, www.independentdreamfactory.com, and connect with them on Instagram at Independent Dream Factory. Enjoy the rest of this episode. Peace. Support for this production comes thanks in part to our friends over at the Mustard Seed of Central Florida. The mission of the Mustard Seed Furniture and Clothing Bank is to help rebuild the lives of families and individuals who have suffered disaster or personal tragedy by providing household furnishings and clothing while being environmentally responsible to the community. The Mustard Seed collects donations of furniture, appliances, household items, linens, dishes, toys, home decor, or anything that makes a house a comfortable home. The Mustard Seed will furnish an entire home for economically qualifying families and individuals. As the only clothing and furniture bank in Central Florida, the Mustard Seed is a critical resource in establishing a stable home environment. It serves individuals transitioning out of homelessness and drug rehab recovery, and also those suffering from domestic abuse, medical hardships, natural disasters, and economic challenges. So if you'd like to support the Mustard Seed in their mission, please visit them at www.mustardseedfla.com 
to find more information on how you can donate or volunteer. Again, that is www.mustardseedfla.com. Hello, everybody. We are going to end this episode off with a Damn I Feel Good directive. Feel good. This week, we are inviting you to write to a journal prompt. And that prompt is, what does your God look like? And therefore, what does your heaven look like? You know, like, if you could see the perfection of spirituality and whatever, what does that look like for you? Write that out, codify it, and try to emulate it as much as possible. Yeah, and and that may include, like, certain practices you may want to do. Like, you know, it may include crystals, it may include burning incense or sage, you know, like, wow. Or going you, to church. Yeah, exactly. Or going to a house of worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any house of worship. Or just doing it in your car. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, or just outside at the park. Like, you know, but what does that look like for you? Right. So, and with that, we are going to close out this episode. Thank you so much, Don B, for talking with us today. We really appreciate mm-hmm. your contributions throughout the season. Thank you for having me. It was yeah, an honor. Yeah. We, my name is Genesis. And I'm Jacqueline. And this was the Love and Lecture podcast. Please find us on Instagram at Love and Lecture. Waiting for this moment.